For our scripture lesson today comes to us from the Gospel of John in chapter 13. It can be found in the New Testament, Greek Testament portion of the Pew Bibles on page 108. Listen now for what the Spirit is saying when to the When he had gone people. out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified, has been in, glorified him. in him. God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once. Little children, only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so I now say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love this is for the one word another. of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Reveal, O God, your wonder to our eyes and open our hearts to Christ's love. Disperse from our minds any darkness and fill our lives with your light. Protect us, O God, from thoughts without action. Guard us from words without life. Grant us wisdom to walk in your ways and open us always to the guiding of your spirit. Amen. So this morning we continue our Opening Doors sermon series. Each week we are focusing on uh, parts of human life, our life, life of the community, that God opens to us. God in so many ways opens doors to experience God's grace. God opens doors that lead us toward faith or deeper faith. God opens doors that when walked through begin to make the world more like the one God desires it to be. And in turn, these open doors make us more and more the people who God made us to be. So this morning, we will consider the doors that God opens to love. And in reality, we do talk about love a lot. In the church, we talk about love a lot. But I'm not just talking about church. Everywhere, anywhere people are, it seems that we have some kind of conversation about love. In the movies, we talk about love. Maybe you've seen the movie Love Story or the movie Love Actually, or Love is a Many-Splendored Thing. I'm dating myself on that one. And in the movies, or excuse me, in music, we talk about love. There's Nat King Cole's When I Fall in Love. There's Whitney Houston's Saving All My Love for You. There's Taylor Swift's Love Story. And one of my favorites, one of my very, very favorites, John Legend's All of Me Loves All of You. And for all of our human longing for love, it seems at the same time, we struggle to find it. There's a New Yorker cover from about a decade ago. It's one of my favorites that the magazine has published. 
there's a drawing on the cover. It's called Missed Connection by an artist named Adrian Tomine. There's a man sitting on the subway. If you've ridden New York subway enough, you'll know it's the A train. And he's heading uptown. And he's reading a book, looking up through the window. And through the window, he's looking at a woman as the two trains are stopped. The woman in the other train, which is heading downtown, she's sitting facing the other direction with the same book open. And they meet eye to eye, two trains going two different directions And there they are, looking through the glass at one another, facing a possibility that will never be. But we hardly need music, movies, books, or anything else to tell us. We have all of these, though, as we identify with this reality. The truth is plain. It is simple. Really hard. And when it seems to work, love feels all too often, sometimes like a misconnection. But but love is a good thing to desire. Love is a great thing to hope for. But doesn't some of this love that we hear about in music, that we see in the movies, doesn't seeking after that sometimes let us down? But if we feel like love is bound to fail us, We might have turned to the right scripture this morning. We might have opened the Bible to the right page. There might be hope for even love's greatest cynic. That is, if Jesus has anything to do with it. This morning's scripture begins with love in a hard place. Perhaps the hardest. It goes basically unnoticed, but previous to the the scripture that we read this morning... There's a somber mood, having left the upper room. Jesus begins with love in a hard place. He doesn't bother with sweet love is all you need kind of love. He doesn't worry about the can't help falling with you kind of love. Jesus begins a conversation about love in the middle of a betrayal. Jesus begins with disciples, Judas, as they all had left gathered in the upper room. Judas has now left the room where they gathered, and then Jesus begins speaking the scripture that we read this morning. And this upper room, it is the upper room. That's the room where Jesus washed the disciples' feet. It's the room where they celebrated, all the disciples and Jesus celebrated Passover together. It's the room where that last supper happened, that evening that we remember on Monday, Thursday, just days before Easter. It is the room where the events are set in motion that will lead to resurrection. The mood was somber. Jesus explains where he is going. The disciples cannot follow. They cannot be with him. So Jesus gives them a new commandment. He tells them how they can continue to follow as disciples. disciples are called to be people who love. That is, to love in a way that reminds them of how Jesus loved them. To love in a way that recalls that Jesus loved the world. To love, which is a hallmark 
of Christian discipleship, to live one's faith, is to love. So this commandment is not about what they are supposed to do. To love as God loves is more than a conversation about behaviors and actions. It's much deeper than this. This kind of love is in identity. This kind of love becomes part of the very fabric of a person's self. This kind of love is a way of being and after in Jesus the and the disciples gathered in that room when Jesus opened the doors to walk back out into the world they were walking through doors with an instruction to go and love the world to love like Jesus now if loves. we look back on the ministry of Jesus if we look for the ways that Jesus loves we can gain a sense of what it means to be the people of Christ's love let us consider just a few of the stories. In the Gospel of John, Jesus took a conversation with a man named Nicodemus, a man who was full of despair and fear, and Jesus speaks to him with conviction, compelling him to a deeper understanding in the middle of all of his doubts and anxieties, rather than condemning or accosting or turning him away. At a Samaritan well... Jesus speaks to a woman collecting life water. Marked by loss and ill treatment, Jesus turns to her, affirming her worth and grants her purpose that she might never have otherwise been given. There's the royal official. Jesus heals the son of the royal official. And then shortly thereafter, on another day, Jesus heals a blind, lame, and paralyzed man. Later on, when strong winds and a storm threaten the disciples as they are fishing out in a boat, Jesus calms their anxieties and calms the When a hemorrhaging the woman touches Jesus' cloak for healing, Jesus stops the crowd that's gathered and pushing in, and he turns to speak to her. Among so many people, some people of power and authority, Jesus turns away from all the people to focus on her. Jesus gives voice to a woman who has been ignored, ostracized, and stigmatized. When a woman is about to be stoned to death by a mob of men, Jesus stops them and protects her, and rather than condemning her regularly, Jesus was confronted and a excuse me, Jesus was accused by those who opposed him, saying that he ate with sinners wrongly, that he would enter the presence of lepers and outcast people when he shouldn't, that Jesus healed people on the Sabbath, which was against the law, that Jesus fraternized with the poor and the hungry and the lonely people that were pushed to the side of communities, if not excluded from them. 
And Jesus responded again and again to those who opposed him and said, what's so wrong with that? What then is the character of Christ's love? Jesus embodied love by walking with people. Jesus lives his love by living that love with people. And this love intensifies when we, when we people, when we see people who are anxious, afraid, hurt, or sick, we see Jesus turning to them with love. When there are people who are abandoned or frail or broken, or even when they have done something wrong, Jesus turns to them with love. Jesus walks with the people with love. Jesus does not condemn, diminish, or turn away. Jesus identifies with people and their experience. Jesus so too turns to us, to each of us. God turns to the church with empathy and compassion and a merciful justice. A few years ago, a professor named John McKnight and a sociologist named Ivan Illich gave a public lecture together. And at one point, it, McKnight turns to Illich to ask about where the church began to struggle with being the people who fulfilled this commandment to love. Ivan answered saying, in a little Italian village in the 8th century. <laughs> McKnight said, can you say more? <laughs> and so he explained with this response. In the little village, whenever a stranger knocked on the door, the stranger would be welcomed and given a place to stay and food and to eat. In that village in the 8th century, a monastery, that was, it was built on a hill and it overlooked the village, and since it was a cloistered community and they did not allow guests to be with them, they built this little building on the back of the monastery for the strangers. And then one of the people from the village learned about it, and the word of it spread through the village. And afterwards, when a stranger would stop and knock on someone's door, the citizens of the village would send the stranger up to the monastery to stay in the room behind the, the monastery. Hostel. And it was when the community gave away its power to care for one another and to care for the stranger. When God opens doors to love, there's a risk of not walking through them. There's a hesitation because the risk is to give away the power that God has given us because we're afraid. Which means that if we don't take that risk, that when love is most needed, our capacity to live our love might be gone. It means that the, the power may be taken up by those who might diminish rather than by those who will embody love. Jonathan Walton, minister at Memorial Church at Harvard University, considers that God sees the world with a lens of love. And we are 
called to see God to see as God sees. Walton writes that that when we strengthen our capacity to identify with with one another and thus empathize with one another, it is easier to do right by one another. And love and empathy together lead to justice. Opening doors to love, to real love, requires more than sentiment. It demands more than good intentions. In a life of faith, love becomes embedded in our very identity, our very way of being, our very way of living in the world. Who we are. Love defines our identity and then the actions that come from that identity. And this might be the hardest thing we ever do. And it might be do. something that we even at times fail at. It's okay. Because it might also be an expression of faith that opens new life all around us. So may we be people of love. May we be a church of love. May we be the community of faith that seeks to love as God loves. And may we in the church have eyes to see the world with the lens of love. Today and always, thanks be to God.